Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun Jr., and today we want to take a look at the church's dilemma in dealing with homosexuality. Why is it that the church seems so ineffective when dealing with homosexuality? First reason why the church is ineffective is because it approaches it with a religious mindset. And what I mean by a religious mindset is that when, when dealing with homosexuality, they pull out, you know, Leviticus chapter 18, Leviticus chapter 20, Romans chapter 1, and then they say, see, it's an abomination, you're going to hell. That's the end of their discussion. There's nothing else there. You either accept Jesus Christ or you're going to hell, especially if you're a homosexual, okay? Well, guess what? For many people who have heard that message, and many of them have, uh, it is hard in their hearts. It did not turn their hearts. And they turn and continue to stay on their way. And almost to a point where the devil even deceived them even more in the sense that of um, making them find Bibles. And I, and I know there are certain Bibles that's even taking the scriptures pertaining to homosexuality out of the Bible. Okay? These are the, the newer translated versions of the Bible. Some of them have taken taken the scriptures pertain to homosexuality out of the Bible. But guess what? That does not mean that you're not going to be held accountable for it because God did say it, okay? So we're not going to argue about what um, Leviticus chapter 18, Leviticus 20, and Romans 1 is, but what we want to do, we want to put a lot more meat on the bone. And the thing is, we have brown beat people with those scriptures, but yet, when we do ministry, and we say that we're supposed to be ministers of reconciliation, how would God, how would God handle this situation? Okay? How would God handle the situation? Well, the first thing someone comes to mind and say, they say, well, well, look at what God did with Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? He destroyed that city. Because, of course, what was going on in the city, the wickedness, but also the perversion, the homosexuality. He destroyed the city for that reason. So you, so naturally the religious person says, you know what? Then God's going to destroy all homosexual, homosexuals, okay? And it's like there's no hope for them whatsoever. But if we're ministers of reconciliation, then we're called to put on display the father, the reconciler, the one who's who we, who we lift up in our lives, we lift him up that he may draw all men unto him. And guess what? When we're able to see people the way God created them, I'm going to say this to the church. Church, please hear me when I say this to you. The Bible says this, regard no man by the flesh. Regard no man by the flesh. But what the church has done they regarded people by the flesh. That's why they pull out, uh, what is it, Leviticus chapter 18, Leviticus 20, and Romans 1. Because they have nothing else to say. They have no, no, nothing else. That's just what the word says. That's the end of it, that the be all. And for the person, guess what? The church refuses to deal with the fact that homosexuality is actually a spirit. Now, let me say that one more time. The church cannot deal with it because it's actually a spiritual matter. The religious church has no power to deal with it. But the sons of God have been given grace 
and have been equipped and prepared to deal with all types of evil spirits. Okay? And this one's no different. This one is no different. Now, if you talk about being a minister, and we say that we're called to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're sons of God, we're ministers of reconciliation, and we carry a word of reconciliation, then our ministry must begin the way God tells us it should begin. And he says, despite me speaking with the tongues of angels, despite all the prophesying, even if I give myself to the poor, if I do not have love, it profits nothing. Let me say it again. If you do not have love, it profits nothing. So you can brown beat these people with the scriptures all you want, but without love, it profits nothing. Why? Because God is love. And if God is love, and we're called to put him on display, then the agape love of God must be seen through us in our character and our ways. And when we do that, it cuts through any false image. It cuts through any fleshy image that anyone could put up. And it speaks directly to the person, the, that spirit, that soul. It speaks directly to them. That's how come they can say, well, how, how would you know that? How would you know? I can't tell you the number of times that I've encountered this spirit. I've encountered the spirit. And because you begin with loving the person, guess what? God takes you behind the veil. What's the veil? The veil is the flesh. He speaks directly to the person. He absolutely does. Now, here's the thing. To the church, that means your viewpoint of them have to change. Your viewpoint, listen to me, why? Because your viewpoint has been from the earth. Because that's why you regard them by the flesh. You see the fleshly part of them, and you say, you know what, I don't want to deal with that. Um, you're an abomination, you're going to hell. But God is trying to say, like, see, Jesus said, I did not come to destroy men's lives, but I came to save them. And if they're on this earth, they have the opportunity, just like we had the opportunity, they need to hear the gospel of the kingdom. They need to hear it. But they can't hear it if you're being religious and you're not accurately representing or representing the Father in the earth. They're not going to hear it. Okay? Now, don't get me wrong now. We can have the right approach. We can speak what God says and they can still turn and go wrong. But guess what? At that point, their blood is on their heads, not on yours, especially if you are a leader in the body of Christ. Because that's the watchman you to blow the trumpet. Now, here's the problem that we struggle with in the church. Very simple. It's a spirit. And for many people, depending on how long they've been in that lifestyle, uh, it's become a familiar spirit. Okay, and we know Jesus said there are only some spirits that come out by what? Fasting and praying. But this spirit has learned the person's thought patterns. This person, this spirit knows how to manipulate them and make them and change their viewpoint of life. Okay, change their viewpoint of life. And this is why. Now, I'm going to give you three major reasons why someone goes into homosexuality. I'm going to give you three. Okay, three major ones. Now, I'm not saying they're all of them. I'm just giving you the three major ones, especially that I've encountered in ministry that are, I mean, it's 
kind of pretty consistent. I see this. First is what? Sexual abuse. Sexual abuse. When, uh, whether it be uh, uh, when they were a child, um, uh, with, it, I mean, it's just any sexual abuse because the reason why is because they, the, the act of sex, it, which should be connected purely to love and the consummation of a marriage, um, is now perverted. And when that young girl who's raped by that young boy or that young boy who might be sexually assaulted by a young girl because it does happen both ways, guess what? They feel like, you know what, this is, n mm -mm. no, I don't, I don't want to feel this anymore. And know what they do? They go the opposite way. Okay? And on top of that, with that sexual abuse comes what? Trauma. Okay? There are some people who have seen dysfunctional marriages and dysfunctional relationships, um, especially as with parents or guardians. And especially if it's a young girl seeing how a father may hit on a mother, they may say, you know what, uh-uh, this, this is a marriage? This is my family? I don't want to date no man. If, if I don't, no man going to put their hands on me, so I'm not going to, I'm going to eliminate the possibility of a man putting their hands on me and I'll date a woman. Or it could be vice versa. Okay, a man, a man see how a woman is abusive to a man. And yes, that does happen. Woman abusive to a man, guess what? No, I'm not going through that. That's how, this is how women act. No, that's how the enemy, the enemy perverts the picture. And when they pervert the picture, the person said they make a vow saying, I'll never do this, or I won't do that, or I won't do this, and then they go that way. And that's when that spirit clicks into that mindset and is able to influence them and their decision makers as it pertains to their feelings and their emotions that should be naturally to the opposite sex, but out of fear and out of trauma, um... They have turned to the uh, turn to uh, homosexuality. Now let's use another one. How about a bad breakup, uh, dysfunctional uh, dating and relationships? When you can have a young girl who dated a couple of guys and all the guys did them wrong. All the guys. Well, something must be wrong with me. I, I can't attract the guys, so I'm gonna go with a girl. Then there's those who. Um, who, uh, who, the opposite way, where the guys have been hurt by the girls so much that they say, you know what, I don't, this, whatever, I, I, I probably do better dating a guy. You act like, and if you don't think it's that simple, you're deceiving yourself because I've heard it with my own two ears. I've heard it. I've missed the people who dealt with this. And I see how the enemy crept in Change the mindset. And the only way that that spirit is going to be uh, delivered out of that person is they've got to begin to accept the truth of what happened and realize that the trauma and the thing that was done to them or the things they experienced was not God. And they have to accept the truth of God against what the enemy sowed. And when they're able to do that, the enemy has no footing to stand on anymore. And of course, in many cases, forgiveness has to be given out um, uh, and doled out so that the person is free from whatever that guilt is or whatever that hurt or that trauma is that is causing them to continue in an in a ungodly lifestyle. Okay? But see, 
did the church ever think to go this deep? Did we ever think to go, oh, but you know what? The reason why you, it's hard to go that deep is because the structure of your church, the structure of your church doesn't allow people to be vulnerable like that. Let me say it again. The structure of your church does not allow people to be vulnerable like that. And when they can't be vulnerable like that, when they can't be vulnerable like that, do you know what happens? They then continue to turn to the world. And guess what's out there? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Church, we have the answer in Jesus Christ. And let me tell, talk to uh, those who are homosexual, who are hearing this message. Let me say this to you. You can be delivered from it. And guess what? I pray that God sends you to someone who is willing to hear your story, to hear the things and how trauma has affected you and to why. Because we, the church never gets to the root. We don't get to the root of the matter. We want things to look good on the surface like a lawn, like a grass. When you're freshly cut grass, but the weed is still there. Why? Because the weed has a root. But the Bible says the axe is cut to the root. We have to uproot things. And when we uproot them, we completely remove them. So to those of you who are homosexual, I urge you to stay with me in this series. Stay with me. Because God can heal you. He knows the trauma that you've gone through. He knows what has happened to you, and he wants to tell you that he is the healer. He's the repair of the breach. He is the one that can deliver you from that hurt. He can tell you where the enemy sold that lie. You know what? It's a, here's the thing. I know little boys and little girls who grow up just when they're kids. You know, I want a family like mom and dad. and Some don't even see that, so that's a struggle for them. And most little girls dream about having weddings and and um, getting married and having babies. See, that's natural. That's natural. But guess what happened? They're now, it's, it's so much now that the enemy comes in at a younger age. And let me say this to you, and I'm giving you this example of how devious the enemy is. I had to literally talk to my sons about homosexuality when they were seven and five years old. You mean like, what? Why would you have to do that? Because we were watching the NFL draft and there was a particular player that got that they were waiting to get drafted. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Should have been drafted first, second round, but he decided to come out and let everybody know that he was homosexual. And I think he fell way down in the draft. And then as soon as they got to picking him, they they went to this bar, I believe it was either, I don't know, some, place, some bar in Miami, Key West, I don't know, somewhere. And, of course, showing the uh, homosexual people, the pride people, celebrating it. And then, of course, him kissing his partner and things like that. And then my boys are sitting there just watching this. I'm like, I got to have a discussion now. Lord, let's sit and I have a discussion. I turned the TV off at that moment. I, I, they saw it all now. They saw it all. And I sat down with them and talked to them. And my first thing is this. 
is that son never ever hates someone. Never hates. People do the wrong thing, but we as believers are called to love them. Okay? God loves the person. He created the person. He said that the person is good, but the lifestyle and the choices they make is wrong. Okay? And let's not let's not act like the, this homosexual is the only one that deals poorly with trauma and, and how it reflects because you can take heterosexual people who don't handle trauma well and they perpetrate that hurt to other people and through their lifetime and not necessarily through their lifetime but through the, the time that they're living and ultimately someone has to say, no, stop. That's, that's not Christ-like. Well, where did you learn this from? I, I'm telling you, until you can see with the eyes of God, you're not going to be able to help them. You won't. You'll be always with a word of condemnation and not a word of reconciliation. So let me review for you really quickly before we get into these scriptures on the next message. Homosexuality is a spirit. It is a spirit. God is not the author of confusion. When he created you, he created you fearfully and wonderfully. He designed you to be a woman. He designed you to be a man. He designed you to have natural affection for the opposite sex. He said in his word that he blessed them, male and female, multiply and subdue the earth. He blessed them. Okay? But what we don't really deal with is how did someone get into homosexuality? And then we can realize, when we realize, we say, when you realize the trauma, the hurt, the molestation, the abuse that these people, a lot of them, a lot of them, I can't say it's all of them because I don't generalize like that, but most of them have gone through and what has pushed them to this spirit, now you can actually deal with the root cause of it and say, no, that's not God. No, let's deal with the problem. And when we can deal with the problem and allow God to heal it, God to fix it up, God to cast out, you can be healed and have all the things that God has desired and planned for you. But we're going to have to toughen up. But we're going to have to also humble down. We're so quick to want to throw someone that's homosexual away. Can you imagine if God wanted to throw you away? Because let me tell you, it's a sin still. Yeah. And we know that homosexuality is said it's an abomination. And the thing is, the church doesn't never explain why. The church never explains why God says homosexuality is about. And you want me to tell you why? Because they don't know. All they know is that's what the scripture says. But you got if you understand why, you can help people get delivered. I'm telling you. It's very simple, and it's in the scriptures. He explains why. It's not just the leaving the effect, natural affection for the man, for the woman. No, it's more simpler than that. And in the next message, we're going to talk about that very issue. Why does God say it's an abomination? Why? For the church, we just say we just go to scripture and call it a day. But I can tell you as a true leader and a minister, let me tell you something. God got a lot more meal in that bone that he needs for you to dole out to help get these people delivered.
to help get them delivered. You can't listen. Look, I'm I'm telling you, it begins with love. It's a spirit. It's a spiritual matter that requires spiritual intervention. So may God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast. We'll look at part two and we'll begin to get a foundational understanding to why God says that it is an abomination. So may God bless you. Please stay with us. Please listen to all parts of the message as they come out. Um, those of you who are uh, in homosexuality, praying for you, and trust and know that God knows. And God, look, whoever God sends you to, please go to them because God prepared them to, to give you grace, to give you the truth, to help make you free. May God bless you till we meet again on the Journey to Sonship podcast.